Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Our government's priorities spending over $200,000 making sure dudes can sound like chicks. What's wrong with a little OnlyFans self-promotion, am I right? Well, how about when it comes when you're in the pickup and drop-off line at your kid's Christian school? Rona McDaniel is stepping down from the RNC. <laughs> but somehow things could get worse. I'm Andrew Coppins, and with headlines like that, it means one thing and one thing only. It's WTF Wednesday right here on Critical Thinking. That's right, it is WTF Wednesday right here on Critical Thinking. Thank you so very much for joining me each and every single Monday through Friday. I, of course, am Andrew Coppins. You can follow me on social media at The Coppins Show. Do not forget you can watch this show on our Rumble channel, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. As always, you can also watch the show on X. I post it every single day at The Coppins Show. So, a simple follow and a watch of the show does a lot of good, but you can also listen if you don't want to see my mug every single Monday through Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. Simply making sure that you are subscribed or followed, whatever your podcasting platform calls it. Make sure you have that. Make sure you're downloading it and then making sure that you take care to rate or review it if possible. Those simple little things cost you no money. They help us a lot on this program. And by us, of course, Pat Oni back in the background and myself up front here. So with that being said, we have a ton to get into. I didn't even mention the fact that we got to talk about the Federalist number four because we are continuing the Federalist papers. And in fact, what I think I want to do here today is actually bring Federalist papers forward in the program before we get into the WTF. Because I feel like um, it'd be a little weird if we went WTF Wednesday and then the Federalist Papers. I, I don't know about you, but that would be a weird, icky 
situation. So that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the Federalist Papers up front. So today is Federalist number four. John Jay added again here, and the theme continues of foreign interest. But the last essay was focused on the need for centralized government and one nation. This essay is actually focused on the heart of the we need to be one unified nation vis-a-vis trade and commerce as well as the potential for war. That's the focus here. They're still making the same argument, right? The Federalists are still making the same, we need to be a unified country. Well, if Federalist number three didn't do it for you, how about if we talk about our trade? How about commerce? How about the realities of our enemies at our gates? So that's exactly what they did. For instance, we get this from John Jay. On the notice of our entanglements with our nations, with other nations, I should say, for trade and commerce, noting that we're rivals with many nations, which could easily be an inducement to war or hostilities that require a strong national defense. And he says the following. With France and with Britain, we are rivals in the fisheries and can supply their markets cheaper than they can themselves notwithstanding any efforts to prevent to prevent it by bounties on their own or duties on foreign fish. With them and with most other European nations, we are rivals in navigation and the carrying trade, and we shall deceive ourselves if we suppose that any of them will rejoice to see it flourish, for as our carrying trade cannot increase with it without it, in some degree diminishing theirs. It is more their interest and will be more their policy to restrain than to promote it. In the trade to China and India, we interfere with more than one nation inasmuch as it enables us to partake in advantages which they had in a manner monopolized and as we thereby supply ourselves with commodities which we used to purchase from them. So, in this Federalist paper, we're getting, I think, the hint that we can't believe that other nations are just going to sit idly by and allow us to undercut their trade agreements or be better than them on pricing without some sort of a hostility existing, whether it's a cold one or a hot one, whether we have trade agreements or we don't, the realities are that we have a self-interest and so do they. And to not recognize that would be a fool's errand. Now, Jay also makes the case here that a strong, unified national government won't just be good news in defense, but in avoidance of hostilities by saying the following in Federalist Number 4. The extension of our own commerce is in our own vessels cannot give pleasure to any nations who possess territories on or near this continent because the cheapness and excellence of our productions added to the circumstance of vicinity and the enterprise and address 
of our merchants and navigators will give us a greater share in the advantages which those territories afford than consists with the wishes or policy of their respective sovereigns. Spain thinks it convenient to shut the Mississippi against us on the one side, and Britain excludes us from the St. Lawrence on the other. Nor will either of them permit the other waters which are between them and us to become the means of mutual intercourse and traffic. So again, here's Jay saying, hey guys, this is the situation in which we are dealing. We can't use the Mississippi. Spain is barring us from that. The St. Lawrence Seaway, which gets, gets into the Great Lakes eventually, right? You can't use that because England is shutting it down from our ability to transverse it and thus making it harder to get our goods to markets and so forth and so on. All of this leading to the point of what? Hostility. In that every nation has the right to look out for itself and they're going to protect against our quote-unquote cheapness, right? At that point in time, we were vastly superior in pricing because of one thing and one thing only, our proximity to our trade partners, whether that would be within the 13 states, whether that would be with some parts of Canada, whether that would be with Caribbean islands. And if you know anything of the history of pre-revolutionary war America, you know that there was a lot of commerce, a lot of trade, a lot of cheaper trade between the colonies at the time, now the United States of America, and Caribbean islands. Despite what the wishes of Spain or France or England were in those times. We were just doing it behind their backs. The rebel spirit of America, right? That's where that really comes from. Now, we're not going to do that because it's actually going to be cheaper for us to do it this way. So, yeah, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Let's go around that rule. But Jay is also making a case here again for this unified national government, right? Defense, avoidance of hostilities, as I mentioned before. Again, he continues making that point, saying, the people of America are aware that inducements to war may arise out of these circumstances, as well as from others not so obvious at present, and that whenever such inducements may find fit time and opportunity for operation, pretenses to color and justify them will not be wanting. Wisely, therefore, do they consider union and a good national government as necessary to put and keep them in such a situation as, instead of inviting war, will tend to repress and discourage it. That situation consists in the best possible state of defense and necessarily depends on the government, the arms, and the resources of the country. As the safety of the whole is the interest of the whole and cannot be provided for without government, either one or many or one or more or many, let us inquire whether one good government is not, relative to the object in question, more competent than any other given number, whatever. So again, what we have here is John Jay saying, one unified national defense is better than 13 separate defenses. England will just pick you off. 
Spain will just pick South Carolina, Georgia. You know, they'll be able to do that because unless you guys unify in some sort of a confederacy, right, you're not standing a chance. And the lesson learned from the Revolutionary War was that the stronger the unified military might of the colonies at the time, now the United States of America, after the Declaration of Independence in 1776, once that unification and professionalism of the military began, we saw things change pretty dramatically. Our fortunes as, you know, thousand to one odds became a hundred to one odds and somehow defied them all in one against the greatest military in the world at that point in time. Are you really going to be able to do that if you're just New Hampshire or Maine or even New York? That's what Jay is putting out into the ether here. Now, the final one that I want to hit on, because again, this is a carrying on theme. What they're doing here in Federalists, really two, three, four, and I believe five as well, is piling on, here's the reason, time after time, for unification from a foreign affairs perspective, okay? They're layering, which is a really great and effective tool, by the way. Oh, yeah, well, you didn't like idea number one. How about idea number two? And did you think about this? And did you think about idea number four and five? But there isn't just this concept by Jay here. There isn't uh, just a defense of strong national government here, right? Because that can only appeal to so many people at a time when you do it over and over and over. But he notes that it's just about a good national defense as well. He also goes after the arguments for militias and states-run national defense, if you will, versus the national unity argument. And he does it in a, a very effective way. But whatever may be our situation, whether firmly united under one national government or split into a number of confederacies, certain it is that foreign nations will know and view it exactly as it is, and they will act toward us accordingly. If they see that our national government is efficient and well-administered, our trade prudently regulated, our militia properly organized and disciplined, our resources and finances discreetly managed, our credit reestablished, our people free, contended, and united. They will much more. Uh, they will be much more dis disposed to cultivate our friendship than provoke our resentment. If, on the other hand, they find us either destitute of an effectual government, each state doing right or wrong as it is, as to its rulers may seem convenient or split into three or four independent and probably discordant republics or confederacies, one inclining to Britain, another to France, and a third to Spain, and perhaps played off against each other by the three, what a poor, pitiful figure will America make in their eyes? How liable would she become, not only to their contempt, but their outrage, 
And how soon would dear-bought experience proclaim that when a people or family so divide, it never fails to be against themselves? Put into a much more succinct term, a house united will rise. A house divided will fall. Now, Jay eloquently points out, what are we going to do? Who's going to sway influence on this fledgling nation or if we've got confederacies, right? If we've got three or four confederacies, which I find ironic, by the way, because as we look at Federalist number four and, and then we fast forward to today here, are we or are we not having some of the same arguments over do we separate? Do we regionalize in America, right? Do we maybe do the upper Midwest and then we do the Northeast, right? And then we do the Mid-Atlantic and then we've got the Southeast, right? And then you've got the Southwest and, and the West Coast. And then you've got kind of the the Rocky Mountain territories, right? All of them have a very distinct cultures, very distinct needs, wants, representations, um, habitats, right? All of those types of things. They might have divergent interests. Certainly today, divergent cultures, divergent political affiliations. Point of all of this is to say, what would happen if we split up? Would we have the ability to maintain? Well, we can take a look at what happened when the Confederacy split off, right? Their economy couldn't sustain itself. That That's literally they bled themselves dry financially and literally in the case of the Civil War. So you have to ask yourself, would we be able to defend here in the upper Midwest ourselves from Canada? Would we be able to defend ourselves from, I don't know, the, the Mountain West region? What about the Southeast, right? Because we're going to have Illinois. We're likely to have Indiana, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, probably Iowa, maybe North and South Dakota, maybe Ohio in the mix there. Okay, so then we got the south with Kentucky and and southward, right? I just have some questions as to where we fit in. And wouldn't we have hostilities amongst ourselves and wouldn't we be devaluing ourselves? Turns out that maybe the southeast has a better economic engine than we do up here. And I would argue based on their ability to write to work versus the unionized uh, upper Midwest, that we would have some issues economically. And wouldn't that be ripe for potential expansion? Wouldn't that be ripe for somebody to pick it off? Don't know. What, what could happen? We don't know. But the argument here is that the nation unified in its defense capabilities, in its commerce, in its trade, helps to buttress against any such potential claims, potential weakness being shown to other nations. 
So it's just things to think about here as we go forward. And now, obviously, I haven't read you all of Federalist Number 4, but I have highlighted at least four or five of the key components to John Jay's argument here. So, again, this is a study course. This isn't going to be me just simply reading the Federalist Papers to you out loud. No, this is literally, hey, here's what is going on, and here are passages that are important. So, going forward, that's exactly what we're going to do. Now, speaking of going forward, we have a lot to get into on a WTF Wednesday. But before we get into all of that, folks, do not forget to visit our fine sponsors over at coffeebrandcoffee.com. That's right, coffeebrandcoffee.com, where they care about coffee. And that's it. We talk often about doing business with those that just simply don't want to insult you. Here's a company that doesn't want to insult you. So, again, go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, enter the promo code CRITICALTHINKER at checkout to get 10% off of your purchase of coffee, of tea, of hot cocoa, whatever floats your boat, you can get it over at coffeebrandcoffee.com. Enter the promo code CRITICALTHINKER at checkout for 10% off of your purchase today. And just simply let them know that we sent you there. All right, with that being said, it is time for... Some WTF. Ah, I love, love, love me some WTF Wednesday, and I love, love, love some coffee brand coffee in my cup. I need to wet my whistle. Anyway, so for WTF Wednesday, the first thing that I want to bring up here is last night we got news that Rona McDaniel is going to step down as chairwoman of the Republican National Committee. Woo hoo. Great news because losing has been her track record. Losing, 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 losing. Moseying on down that loser train. Except for that news was then followed up with the news that uh, one of the alleged frontrunners for the new chairperson is Kevin McCarthy. So, at home, if you're keeping score of what has taken place so far in the last, I don't know, 72 hours to a week, Kevin McCarthy is going to be RNC chair, huh? No, maybe that doesn't happen, and that would be great if it doesn't because uh, we're just going to replace one loser with the guy who couldn't even rally the troops in the House. Okay. Uh, we're also allegedly having to bring back Bud Light. We also now can't impeach Alejandro Mayorkas, although it sounds like Mike Gallagher... Well, no, he tried the excuse of I'm voting against this to make sure that we don't have a tie so that we can bring it up next week. And trust me, and then announces Mike Gallagher, the former congressperson from my congressional district back home in the Green Bay, uh, Brown County area. Oh, yeah, we're going to we're, we're totally going to want to have to bring this back up next week. 
And that's really why it did, except for then he announces, no, this is just opening Pandora's box, and I really don't support opening Pandora's box and, and uh, endless political impeachment. Folks, memo to you all who think that. What do you think impeachment actually is? It is 1,000% a purely political maneuver. It is 1,000% pure politics. That's all that impeachment really is. I hate to break it to you. That's the reality. It has nothing to do necessarily with legality or illegality. It has to do with your political will being done. Oh, and if you can do it by legal means, have at it, Hoss. That's really what's going on here. I can't help you if you don't want to help yourself. Oh, and then we also, as I spoke about yesterday, decided to hand Democrats literally an open invitation to do what Joe Biden would will do later in WTF Wednesday, by the way. We just handed them an open invitation to come over the top rope on their absolutely naked open borders policy on the southern and northern border, lest you forget about that. We just handed them cover. So McCarthy for RNC chair, Bud Light has to be brought back. Uh, Mayorkas can't be impeached because uh, Pandora's box. And then, uh, oh, by the way, yeah, we're going to hand you a win on immigration because now you can hit us over the head with it. What the hell good is the Republican Party? See, we were told by Matt Gates and, and others who amplified the message of impeach McCarthy. I'm all for accountability, by the way, because McCarthy was breaking promises, right? He was. He was also upholding quite a few very important promises. And instead, now under Mike Johnson, the third person to have been put up in the aftermath because there was no plan. Hmm, what, uh, who else doesn't really have a plan? Oh, Donald Trump. But, but he's at the top of the ticket. So uh, just what the fire truck is going on. It is almost like the party just wants to kill itself off. It, it's not interested in winning at all because a party that is interested in winning would play some politics, would shove the open border BS right down the throat of their enemy in an election year. You absolutely would. Instead, ah, we're going to put a bill together in the Senate instead of saying, here are the non-negotiables, and if you don't want to meet these, sorry, um, the non-negotiables are our southern border is now closed. We put the fence back up and whatever else you want to put in there. There are probably there's probably a disagreement on the third non-negotiable. But at least these two are steadfast. No, we are closing the border until we have control. 
we are putting up the fence and then we're figuring out once and for all an immigration system that is both protective of America and its interests, meaning we're actually making sure we're not letting criminals and like hardened criminals and terrorists and bad actors into our country, but we're also making sure that we are helping ourselves economically and living up to the values that America espouses to the rest of the world. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Right? It's very simple. Instead, you handed them a win. For what reason, I don't know. Other than, you tell me, folks. You you at home, tell me. What other reason other than they want to kill their own party? They hate you more than they hate the Democrats. What other reason is it that Kevin McCarthy shoves the potential for him to become the chairperson of the RNC out into the spotlight we have to bring Bud Light back. Now, that's swill anyway, but we we can't suddenly impeach Mayorkas because, well, how dare we? And, and we have to be the bigger people, and we can't have endless impeachments. And if not dereliction of duty at the border, and we are literally watching an invasion at our southern border, if not for that, then when? When? When is impeachment of a cabinet member ever going to be okay? Would it be when maybe, I don't know, said cabinet member assassinates a president? Because your logic, Mike Gallagher, says you can't ever. It's a, it's a bridge too far. It's a breach of political norms. Newsflash, your enemies have been breaching political norms since about 2015. 
I can't help you if you can't see the field that is in front of you. Ironically, if we go back to our talk on the Federalist Papers, John Jay saw the field in front of him, right? The Federalists saw the field in front of them and had a solution. What solution do you have for open borders, Mike Gallagher? What solution do you have for people put in positions of alleged power who are derelict in their constitutionally mandated duties? You think for one second that the open border president, Joe Biden, is going to fire the person executing his will? Oh, hell no. So, what are you going to do? Because you have some constitutionally mandated power too. And your political will can be done as well. It's very simple. Your political will can also be done. Instead, you're exercising it against your own base. It's insane. Absolutely insane. All right. Speaking of insane, um, how about this headline coming from Not the Bee? U.S. government spends... $213,000 to help trans people sound more like women when they speak. Vesna Novak, a Domen Novak, is a transgendered professor, but of course, at the University of Cincinnati who received a grant from the National Institute of Health to do what? Why develop an app that mentally ill men can use to sound more like women they are trying to imitate? The NIH funded the $213,000 project using the congressional funding provisions for, quote, research related to deafness and communications disorders. So, just a simple question. Are, are, are you saying that um, you as a dude wanting to sound like a chick is a communications disorder? Do you see the problem here, folks? Hear me out on this. You want to create that app? You want to create anything? Privately funded. We should not ever be in the business as a government, right, as the taxpayer of funding this stuff. No. No. Just no. You want to create an app that does something for your niche group. Raise the funds privately. Oh, you couldn't? Also, hear me out on this. Wouldn't it be the creation of an app as a business? And couldn't you apply for loans? Couldn't you apply to um, have other people buy into your business and create the product? Why do you need taxpayer money for this? I'm failing to see the reason here. Also, um, this is a wholly misrepresent. This is a whole misrepresentation of what this grant is supposed to be for. 
This does not fall under communications disorders in any way, shape, or freaking form. This is just you making a decision that you want to sound like a woman in help of your medical transition. Notice I said medical, right? Because that's really where this belongs, and I'm failing to understand how this is a communication disorder. This isn't stuttering. This isn't any of those types of disorders, right? This isn't Tourette's. Those are real communication disorders, by the by, also neurological in some cases, but they present themselves as communications disorders, but they would fall under that category along with others. I get it. I understand that. But the point being, one of these isn't an actual communication disorder while the other is. Uh, One of them isn't, while the others are. Because I want to actually, you know, use the English language correctly here. Speaking of insanity and money, um, this from Florida. Florida mom with giant bumper sticker promoting OnlyFans account confused as to why kids' Christian prep school is upset with her. Now, to be fair, before we get into the crux of this, um, it's not a bumper sticker. It is literally the back window of her SUV. From the article at the at Not the Bee, Lexi Thomas, a parent at the school who has a prominent TikTok account, told local WFTV that Klein's OnlyFans decal takes up the entire windshield of her SUV and has proven to be a distraction to my children. And no matter how poorly or how good I parent, is there and that's kind of the first thing they're seeing when they're going into a place that should be educating them she said thomas wants klein's family booted from the school for violating its christian code of conduct and a source who spoke to the end uh, the new york post claimed that a student was expelled last year for having access to klein's only fan only fans with his phone on campus so do i understand the hey you can do you boo behind closed doors sure Do I understand Klein is arguing that, hey, I'm just monetizing what I do behind the scenes, and if people want to pay for it, great. And self-promotion's not a bad thing. People have bumper stickers of all sorts of things, right? We could have a Biden bumper sticker going to the Christian school. Are we going to knock them out? Except for this. When this is a K-8 through Christian school, you've got young kids accessing your OnlyFans porn account? Um, yeah, that's a problem. But Andrew, that's also a problem of parenting and yada, yada, yada. To a degree, you might be right, but here's the rub on this, literally and figuratively in this case. Um, that child did it at school, not at home, where the parents have full monitoring capabilities. You could also say, well, what about uh, parental locking apps and things of that nature? You don't think for a second that kids can get around that? You don't think for a second that, I don't know, somebody in 6th, 7th, or 8th grade has figured out how to do that? You don't think for one second they go around and end round all of that? Instead, what Klein is really doing here is robbing these parents of the ability to teach them these, uh, teach them about this activity to teach them about this stuff 
on their own time and pace. Instead, now you've got the curiosity peaked of young children as to what this is. I don't think that's a, a good thing. There are many, many other ways, by the by, in which you can promote your OnlyFans. And it's not about, well, anti-porn, anti-porn. No, it's about this. You, as a parent, are robbing other parents of their ability to set their boundaries and execute on those boundaries. You didn't give them a choice. You threw something that is antithetical to maybe their worldview. You're right. Now, how many of them have accessed her OnlyFans as an adult, right? That's another question in and of itself. But the point notwithstanding, you're bringing that stuff onto a Christian school campus. Here's a simple solution. Don't have that as your bumper sticker or windshield decal. It's as simple as that. Or remove your kids from the Christian school because you're not executing on Christian values. Lest we actually quote the Bible to you in this case because we literally could about defiling the marital bed. I'm not saying I'm just saying. I'm not saying I'm a prude on all of this. I am just simply saying you present yourself one way. And then you get mad when people don't like the thing that you're engaged in and the promotion of it to young kids. Yeah, you're in the wrong, period, point blank. And then we have this. Remember, I spoke about handing the victory over to the other side when it comes to the border policies? Well, we get this from uh, Joseph Marionette. Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. It's time for Republicans in the Congress to show a little courage, to show a little spine. Um, just going to put this out here. Raise your hand if you think it should be a civil offense rather than a crime to cross a border without documentation. Can we keep the hands up so we can see them? For those of you not watching on our Rumble channel or X, again, go to rumble.com backslash critical thinking to subscribe there or subscribe or follow on X. That's at the Coppins Show. Um, if you're not watching, the second part of this was the debate back in 2019. Uh, one of the debates in 2019 between the Democratic candidates at the time for the nomination and literally all but one of them raised their hands to quote-unquote decriminalize, make it a civil, not a criminal offense, to illegally cross into the United States of America. And yet, here's Joe Biden yesterday. Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. It's time for Republicans in the Congress to show... Now, the facts are definitely not on his side, considering we had 340 or 356, something like that. It's 346 or 356 um, ap 
apprehensions and release into the United States in 2020, that election year. Last year, that was over 1 million, 1 million capture and release into the United States last year in 2023. We are on pace right now for another 300,000 or so in January. So if we keep that pace up, if we continue to break records after records after records, I I don't know what to tell you here. I I don't. Other than to tell you, um, that's probably not a good thing. Yet here we are with Joe Biden, Kareem Jean-Pierre, getting up at, at the White House press podium and lying her ass off. And let me ask you one simple question. Who's going to win that narrative war? Do you think for one second that it will be the Republican Party when you've got MSNBC, CNN, the Democratic media arm out running cover? Why then, would why in the absolute blue hell would you give them any victory would you put this in front of them to be able to hit you over the head with it how dumb do you have to be apparently mitch mcconnell james lankford dumb the one thing that i think mike johnson has gotten right as the speaker of the house has been his handling of this immigration style stuff yeah no we're going to we're going to deal with it individually and we're going to attempt to deal with it by looking at the border and then legislation. Lest we also forget that the Republican Party failed to deal with this when they had the opportunity, and I think that's a very fair criticism, but it's also a fair criticism of Nancy Pelosi and her ironclad and iron-fisted time as the um, Speaker of the House, as Obama never dealt with it, right? As we saw George W. Bush attempt some sort of um, comprehensive immigration reform, right? The the terminology of the mid-2000s and never materialized or happened. There's criticism to be had on both sides of the aisle, but right here, right now, when we're dealing with absolute record numbers of people coming into this country in waves that we can't handle economically, um, structurally, we can't handle this. It will make us a third world country overnight. If we continue down this path of hundreds of thousands every single month coming into this country and the federal government doing nothing about it, the federal government literally handing them to NGOs and those NGOs spreading them across the country, across the fruited plains, Cities can't, you're going to bankrupt your cities. You're going to bankrupt your rural areas for what? And as we deal with the realities here, folks, here's the reality for the people that the NGOs are bringing to their family sponsors. Most of them are sitting in migrant shelters like the one that's right down the road from me. And by right down the road, I mean less than a football field away. And those people are stuck there for 5, 6, 8, 10, 12 months at a time. Why? Because they can't get a job legally here in America because they're claiming asylum 
right? And you as an asylum seeker cannot get a job for five months. So they're stuck with having services and shelter and everything else being provided by our city government, our state government. Is the federal government who's creating this problem doing anything to assist? Not, nah, not really. You've created the problem. You need to fix it. You need to, and we're seeing more and more of the mayors of deep blue states saying, no, we, we're not dealing with this. We can't deal with this. You need to fix it. And maybe that's the pressure that needs to be uh, put on the Biden administration to fix this problem, to do something about it, to close the border for a while, get a handle on what's in front of us, put the rest of that wall up, mitigate as much against illegal immigration as you possibly can, and deal with rectifying the situation adjudicating as many of these cases as possible, except for 90% of them don't show up for their legal court dates because once they're here, who gives a bleep? Now, again, the reality on the ground is 5 to 10 to 12 months, depending on how backed up your specific area is, on processing their their, uh, forms to be able to work. Again, I understand they're illegally claiming asylum but they may be adjudicated as legit asylum seekers or have an, a legit claim to asylum down the road. So would we rather they be productive members of our society or sitting there outside of grocery stores, stores, strip malls, everywhere that you can see, begging? There are sometimes three, four, five families outside of these places begging for food, for money, for better than what is being able to be scraped together by cities and states and municipalities all across this great land. Couldn't we deal with that reality? I, I don't know. I What are we supposed to do? How about we take away the government magnet and make them earn something while they're here? And then if they get adjudicated as not a legitimate asylum seeker, we've at least benefited from the tax base that they've given us and they go bye-bye. But are we even prepared to do that? Are we even prepared to understand the scope of the problem and the magnitude of what exists here? I don't know. But here we are handing the other side. Joe Biden just spoke. Well, Trump and the mega Republicans aren't interested in doing anything. Well, why? Well, because they just said no to this deal. That's the insanity that you just hinted them. And don't think for one iota of a second that facts are going to matter here. Narrative, political will will matter here. And they're going to hit you over the head with the entire Democratic media operation as they have done for the last 30 years. And unless you are able and willing to find a way to buttress against that, to message to the American people, and that's why I've said the best way to have handled this is you want negotiations, you want a deal, here are our non-negotiables, and we're putting it in front of the American people so they know exactly where we stand and what our plan and opportunity is on this. Again, what's your plan? You don't have one. 
get one. Get one real quick. It's just that simple. Now, can you also point to the fact that Texas is fighting the feds and their open borders? You've handed them a victory by not impeaching Alejandro Mayorkas. That's what you can say is, hey, look at what we accomplished. We said, no, we don't like what you're doing. We got rid of that. Now we're dealing with the other parts of this. Is it also true that all of the things that Donald Trump put into place vis-a-vis executive order were literally stripped away on day one of Joe Biden's administration and are largely helpful to the Massive amounts of illegal asylum seekers, illegal uh, border crossers, whatever you want to call them. Yes, that's the reality in front of us. Now, with that being said, folks, I hope you have a good rest of your Wednesday. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals today. As always, Matthew 547. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.